How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Just a note to say that this podcast contains spoilers and some adult themes. Hell yeah. And we're live. Does it make you nervous, Corky? I'm a homosexual! Lesbian. I'm a homosexual. I have loved you the way they said! You fancy gears? I'm having a proper full-on gay crisis. Hello, and welcome to Gay Actually. Thanks for being here, it's gonna be a fun old gay time. Pitch Perfect is a lesbian musical film. <laughs> of course, of course! I want to carry off badass lesbian chic like Kate Blanchett can. <laughs> welcome! <laughs> Do, Do I, I make, make you nervous, Corky? <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Gay Actually. We are a series as part of the UK Film Review podcast that discusses all of the LGBTQ plus shenanigans in cinema. My name is Amber, and as always, I am joined by... Joyce! <laughs> Hi. Hey. Uh, we also have our own podcast series on Spotify. You can search Gay Actually and find us over there. Uh, we just did an episode on Brokeback Mountain, but by the time this episode goes out, we will have done another one. <laughs> Hop on over there to find out. It's going to be very exciting. We are going to be talking about Heartstopper, the new series, and what that means for young queer teens. But welcome back, Joyce. It feels like it's been feels like it's been ages. First of all since we've recorded but we it hasn't <laughs> not really it, has, it hasn't been that long and i literally only saw you last week which is very nice yeah um, we are friends outside of this we don't just record ourselves speaking <gasps> we have uh real life conversations sometimes <laughs> but what did we um what did we get up to last week because we had quite a time of it didn't we in terms of 
gayness. Oh yeah. We went to an event called Queer Diary. You might have heard of it. It's an event where queer people come together and read from their childhood diaries or even like fan fiction, other things they wrote. Random text messages. Oh, um, that was good. School homework sometimes. Yeah. It's just whatever comes to mind in your gay heart. Yeah. Um, it happens. Um, shout out to Beth, who does Queer Diary. Uh, I hadn't been before. You hadn't been before. No, first time. We had a fabulous time. Oh my God. <laughs> Stella's under there and she bit my foot. <laughs> I just, Stella. I just felt... I just, that scared me like so much. Oh, that like, really scared me. I just felt a gentle claw press into my foot. And it, that really scared me. I'm where so, is she? I literally don't know where she is. Just, anyway, I'm going to protect my feet I'm from so the sorry. demon. I'm so no, it's, it didn't hurt. It just scared the out of me. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Queer Diary. Really fun event. If you're in East London, in the Brick Lane area, um, you... Like, they're on Instagram. You can check them out. They're doing a bit of a tour of the UK right now. They even. are. If you're in, if you're going to Margate, <laughs> they're going to random places. I think they're going to Fringe as well. So if anyone's in Fringe... I mean, by the time this comes out... This will all be over. <laughs> so it will be irrelevant, um, I'm realising. But uh, they are doing a Queer Diary in September. So if you're in, in London, check them out. Uh, we will probably be at the next one. So come, oh, and, yeah. come and say hello as well. Yeah good times it's good gay times um joyce did you have a queer diary no i was this is really like sad to admit but i'm such a perfectionist when it comes to stuff like that that i started so many diaries and i would write like a page and be like no this isn't right this isn't perfect like perfect yourself censor yourself which is really sad because it would be so nice now to be able to look back yeah. on how i was thinking when i was younger which is obviously oh, so definitely. different like i know that but i don't have physical proof of it which is sad yeah um but no i didn't have a career diary my career diary was tumblr oh my god yeah yeah a lot of people in that oh, room yeah. last week felt that yes felt that strongly yeah, uh, just for context, and I might have said this before on the podcast, but I did have a Pitch Perfect Tumblr account. Of course, of course you did. Literally, it's in our intro. Pitch Perfect is a lesbian musical film. It is. Um, and my reaction to that. will die on that hill. Yeah. Uh, also in our intro is, do I make you nervous, Corky? In case no one knows what we're going to be talking about this episode. If you've not read the title. I did have a queer diary uh, from... Well, I had one before in 2014, which I burnt post GCSEs because I was embarrassed because it detailed some things that I was embarrassed by. And that's a shame because I would have loved to read back on that and be like, baby girl, you're going to be fine. You're going to be just fine. Yeah. Um, but I have one from the years 2015 to 2019. So when I was like 16, 17 to about 21, I just turned 21 when I stopped writing in it. So it has everything. How does it feel reading back through it? So I was a bit shy. I wasn't sure about doing Queer Diary. Someone might twist my arm in the future and I might do it, but probably not. But um, still support it though. But I did read back through it with my girlfriend um, who I hadn't shown it before. And it had some of our, like, we've been together a long time. It had some of our first dates had some of our first conversations like written down uh i had like swathes of like inner gay panic um weighing up lots of different things i was very anxious 
um and like my coming out to my parents um which was very interesting to read back now so obviously my parents like I got very lucky like they're very great but it was interesting reading like my thought process at the time um very personal and very raw so it was interesting yeah it was interesting but yeah but anyway do I make you nervous Corky? <laughs> maybe just thirsty <laughs> maybe curious curious maybe Corky. I'm feeling a bit curious myself. What are we talking about today, Amber? Well, Joyce, I'm so pleased you asked. Today, we are talking about the incredible film, Bound, which is so entrenched into queer law. Yeah. Like, people be sleeping on this film. Like, damn. But then also, most lesbians probably aren't, because, girl... I don't know because yeah, I was. I can't gauge it. I watched it for the first time two years ago. Okay, yeah. This yeah. wasn't a film that was part of my growing up queer no. about exploring my queerness at all. Same here. I, I don't think I was aware of it. I think I learned about this film mm. at university by reading about queer film when I was yes. writing an essay on queer, well, lesbian cinema mm-hmm. specifically. Yeah, definitely. Me too. I think the reason I know about the film is because I saw Susie Bright in a documentary about LGBT cinema and she's always been very prominent in lesbian cinema more generally um, and she was brought on to assist with the film Bound to ensure like the authenticity of the uh, lesbian characters um, and what it and that ma- it, I mean it makes such a difference so I was kind of aware of the film in my periphery and I knew that it was significant in lesbian cinema but I hadn't seen it. Wachowski sisters hired Susie Bright for lesbian authenticity. um, Which, fun fact, is why in the film you will see a focus on hands. And what hands are doing. Hands are great. (laughs) So it's it's another example of how this film was intended for a lesbian audience. It wasn't... Yes, it was a genre first film... It was kind of a noir-inspired thriller, if you will, with gangsters and gunfire. And But its intended audience is lesbians. Like, hands down. And it feels like it. It doesn't yeah. feel like it's for a straight audience That's at all. That's why I didn't watch the film before, because I thought, mid-90s, we're going to be seeing what we were used to seeing during that time. This film comes in the midst of the queer villain on screen. We're at the end of the 20th century. We've just had Silence of the Lambs. Um, We've just, we've had Cruising 15 years earlier. Kind of, it's well established that the queer on screen is violent, is murderous, is aggressive, is psychotic. I mean, same, but like... (laughs) I mean, don't at me like that. Um, So this film is kind of born out of that. And what the... Wachowski sisters do so well is subvert that stereotype of the queer villain um, and establish it within a lesbian context which is awesome and it is awesome yes Um, queer characters finally well I use the word queer but I think it's important to use the word lesbian in this context Mm -hmm. just because of the history that we're talking about um lesbian characters that a viewer can sympathise with, a mainstream viewer. This is one of the first examples which I didn't realise, it's one of the first examples 
of sympathetic lesbian representation on screen. Yeah. Props. Um, oh, yeah. My, uh, my fun fact that I was... I said, I said to Joyce before we started recording that I had a fun fact. Here it is. So the Wachowski sisters pitched to Warner Brothers two scripts. One of them was Bound, and the other was a little form you might have heard of it the matrix mm-hmm. <laughs> i have heard of it i thought i was really funny doing that obviously everyone's heard of the matrix i was just being a sarky little oh it's like this minor um, indie production it's <laughs> you very, might not know it it's really niche it's uh, not mainstream at all uh really indie didn't even get a cinema release <laughs> <laughs> so they pitched bound and the matrix simultaneously to warner brothers and Warner Brothers were like, mm, we're not sure, we're not sure on the genre, like, we don't really know. Tell you what, we'll let you make Bound first. If Bound does well, then you can make The Matrix. And Bound did really well. Clearly, because we have a film um, called The Matrix now. <laughs> we have a generation of The Matrix. The Matrix is one of the most... I mean, I don't need to tell you or anyone listening. The Matrix is one of the most groundbreaking films as cinema moved into the 21st century. But the cool thing about it is that you see a lot of similar stylistic traits in Bound. Yeah. Like the kind of noir style, the kind of... The camera like, angles. The 360 camera turn that the Matrix... Basically, Bound walked so the Matrix could run. Yeah. A lot of those ideas are in very early form in Bound. So just from a cinematic perspective, it's very, very cool. Also, the sense of unease that both films convey is really interesting with the camera angles and also the focus on black and white and then like little pops of colour so in Bound there's lots of red like mostly in costume Violet's lipstick yeah I was gonna say Violet's lipstick Violet's one of Violet's dresses blood um blood uh no wow this is I gave you a spoiler warning (laughs) um yeah and just random like like white paint or like yeah, just random pops of colour. And Even it's on the same the with posters. the Matrix. Like, if you yeah. look at the poster for Bound, yeah. it's very... It has that style mm-hmm. that's quite outdated now. But there's lots of black and white. And then just little moments... And it, that in that way, it really takes influence from noir films, I feel like. Because it feels like you're watching something earlier. Yeah. It's interesting. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Look up the posters and you'll see what we're talking about. Yeah. Um... Also, in addition to noir, the I'm just going through the themes before we get into the plot, just because I think right off the bat, it's good to establish. But the femme fatale character, in connection with the noir, so when you think of the femme fatale character, stereotypically, what comes to mind for you? Red lipstick. Okay. High heels. <laughs> okay. Maybe less Black. gay. Oh. <laughs> Oops. Um, I mean, sorry. <laughs> is that is that less gay? I'm here for it. This is gay, actually, after all. Yeah. So yes, all of the above, but also needs to be saved. Um, oh. Also, in that way. a lot of oh my god. Um, a lot of like panic. Um, and like always dies. Well, typically dies. Um, and when you think of bound. Not true. 
Because the femme, fa- femme fatale is the character that usually dies first. In Bound, we look at the femme fatale and we're like, yeah. We actually like and root for the femme fatale, which is really interesting. And yeah. That's a- <laughs> Joyce is just like, <laughs> lipstick. <laughs> So anyway, I just had a picture of Violet in my head as we were talking about this, and goddamn that woman! Sorry, she is gorgeous. We'll we'll, we'll get into this. We can get into it. When she those are my themes. When she walks in the elevator, I... okay. Let's unpack that. <laughs> okay, so the start of the film. Wait, should I give my fun facts before we get into? Oh, the please plot? do. Yes, please do. But the thing is, I really quickly tried to look up the exact numbers. But I remember reading this in an essay, like an academic essay, when I was writing an essay on um, lesbian cinema around that time period. And I just, I can't find it right now, but trust my word on this. I read that the film's budget was basically cut in half by the producers because they didn't want lesbian characters. So Mm -hmm. the film was originally pitched as straight characters. Or maybe not originally pitched, but Warner Brothers tried to convince the Classic. directors yeah. Yeah, to have a straight couple Which is at the center. And they insisted on having lesbians. And then Queens. it was basically choosing between lesbians with half the budget or straight couple with the full budget. And they just committed. Oh, love. They but stay then, true. But then also, the film did so well. Yeah, so. It was. It was an inc- it was a mainstream success. It's not just like your casual nineties like yeah. another example of. Um, I'm trying to think of something that came out around the same time that was lesbian. When did Personal Best come out? Oh my really? god! <laughs> we need to review Personal Best. When did that come out? I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's way older. Never mind. Oh, okay. What came out? Okay, well... But I'm the, a cheerleader. It was 99, so yeah, and a bit after. Turn of the Century, you have Kissing Jessica Stein. That's like Lost 2001. Lost and Delirious. Uh, malfunctioning. But you get our point. It was good. And it allowed... It allowed for their... The Wachowski sisters' commercial success. They were allowed to make The Matrix, and then they popped off, so... Yeah. Absolute icons. Should we get into it? Oh, please. I'll give a little summary before you jump into that first scene because I am really anxious to know your thoughts because I was shooketh. Um, so, <clears throat> so Violet is with Caesar, but then she starts having an affair with Corky, uh, who is this incredible butch lesbian who's just come out of prison. Sexy. I know. <laughs> she has so many piercings in her ear. I just love it. Oh my God. They start having an affair. It's hot. It's illicit. It's forbidden. We love it. Also, they're both canonically gay. Corky doesn't turn Violet. Violet is... A closeted lesbian. Yeah, hands down. She's just doing what she needs to do to survive. So, they hatch a plan to dump Caesar once and for all, which involves... They plan to rob $2 million of stashed mob cash from the mafia group that Caesar's in and they plan to blame Caesar for it. Iconic. And that is the plot. Gangster, noir, lesbians. Mafia, Chicago, lesbians. Yes! <laughs> um, so, talk to me about the opening scene. Set the scene for the viewers, some of whom may have seen Bound, some of whom if you haven't seen it, go and watch it. It's an hour and a half. It's free on Amazon Prime with ads. And the ads are like two seconds long. And there's only like three. 
halfway through. Thank you so much for that summary of the Amazon Prime version of Bound. <laughs> Bound opens with the hottest, hottest meat cube ever. Like, it makes... <laughs> I just gay panicked when I see this. And like... Okay. I lost my mind. Like, yeah. I don't really react to films like that anymore. But I literally was there, like... Yeah, oh. jaw drop. I have to look this up on YouTube 20 times after I finish the film. Yes. So you are are the narrative that the lesbians (laughs) crave Corky just came out of prison and she basically got this place in an apartment through a guy you know that knows a guy that knows a guy she's like doing the place up isn't she yeah and she gets to live there in the meantime um She's very good with her hands, as and, we'll discover later. <laughs> as I say, Susie Bright ensured that the film focused on hands. Oh, yeah. For that reason, what are the hands? What are hands doing? Hands movements. You know, she's doing a lot of plumbing. So hot. So Corky walks into the building, goes into the elevator, gets stopped by um, Violet, who shouts, "Hold the elevator!" And she walks in with her boyfriend Caesar. Now. How to describe this elevator scene? Caesar Caesar is just facing the door, doesn't pay attention. Violet's hanging back against the back of the elevator. And Corky and Violet make this eye contact. And lesbians will know that the first eye contact is very important. The lesbian nod, if you will. That silent acknowledgement that we're all thinking the same thing. Like staring into each other's souls. <laughs> okay. Like this is this is not a glance. Okay. This is this a... is a. I see you. I see yeah. you. And it's so relatable. Um, this it happens all the time. It's not necessarily in a sexual way. Sometimes you just see another queer person on the street, and you just you know, you just no knowledge. Well, there you go. This, however, incredibly sexual. Yes. The The most erotic stare I've ever seen in my life. Violet looks at Corky like she's a whole damn meal. Oh my god. And And Corky's like, okay, mama. Now, let's describe Violet. Short hair, curly, like, hot, right? Like, cat eye glasses, bright red lipstick, wearing a skirt, leather. Femme fatale. With tights and heels. Lipstick lesbian. Corky, on the other hand. Mama? Don't say such <laughs> atrocious things about Corky, please. No, I love Corky. Yeah. She's just wearing like a tank top, mm. very loose fitting clothing. Love the jacket. Yeah. Oh, the white tank in lesbian film is canon. Yeah, it is. It's, it's hot. so ingrained into lore. Yeah. <laughs> also, you know, a lot of tattoos, lots of pier- like piercings. Like Yeah, and the white. tattoo on her right shoulder is a symbol of the matriarchy. That's so gay and so hot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, this is going to be so hard for me to get through because I can't produce words because I'm just, it's I'm so just hot. feeling really hot right now. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyway. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> Violet and Caesar arrive at their floor and they walk out of the elevator and we see this shot from Violet walking away. Just her ass legs and heels walking down the hallway yeah and we can kind of get the impression that that's Corky's perspective right oh 100% like, it looks like okay Corky's looking at this right now that's interesting though because it's like one of the only scenes from Corky's perspective because I feel like the first 10-ish minutes of the film are from her perspective and then the rest of it's kind of from Violet's which is very interesting I think they kind of merge into one yeah which is like very powerful for mm. sure 
But you're when right. When to become one. The arch, the merge. <laughs> I went Spice Girls. <laughs> you went lesbian urge to merge. Where's the U-Hulb? Oh my god. Anyway. Yeah, so... What's next, Joyce? Well, Corky is just excited. What's next? She's been in prison for five years, to She's be fair. with a lot of women. And Let's she be says real. It, she goes to a bar, and the barmaid's like, Wow, 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 welcome back. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay. A lesbian um, bar, by the way. Everyone yeah, looks at so gay. Everyone also looks at Corky and is like, hmm. Is the next um, next scene when they... Do meet? I make you nervous, Corky? Is that the next scene? Yeah, well, go for it. Okay. Also, um... <laughs> there's a whole scene of dialogue where they're talking about... Like, Violet's, like, talking about, like, Corky. And she's not saying it, but she's basically suggesting through what she's saying that she's got Corky all figured out. She knows she's gay. Uh, and there's one bit where she's like where she talks about um, Corky's car and Corky's like, I've got a truck. And then Violet goes, truck, of course. Yeah. <laughs> She's got this old, like, Hummer. Not yeah. Hummer, that's a Jeep. Like a, um, she- like a Chevy something. Yeah, that's it. Yep. She's like, I bet you got an old car. Yeah, a truck. And a 69 yeah, yeah. Chevy. Yes, that's it. Thank you. She's um, like, ah. Yeah. It's great. It's excellent. Um, which, once again, like, this is kind of like this subtle hint at Violet being queer being gay being part yeah, of this culture I don't culture. even think it's that subtle <laughs> no but it's not subtle at all she's like yeah you got a Chevy she yeah, just you're... knows yeah. she just knows she the culture she just knows that Corky is just screaming lesbian exactly like, it's, so it's, yeah. basically we see Corky working in the apartment she's staying at right plumbing all of that nasty stuff <laughs> It's pretty disgusting, I'm not gonna lie. And then... She looks so good doing it. A knock on the door. Why are you reenacting this right now? <laughs> I just live and breathe this film. Go on. Corky opens the door. Who's there? Violet! Looking hot as ever with two cups of coffee. Black for Corky, she guessed right. <laughs> I'm speechless. I love it. They get to talking. Um, Violet has this voice. Can you even reenact it? Oh, Corky. <laughs> Do I make you nervous, Corky? I mean, I listen I like to that. it every time I edit these f-ing episodes. Oh, yeah. But a truck, of course. It's like, she's not... I mean, the actress is known for her nasally voice. It's mm. very distinctive. Yeah. Um, I dropped my earring down the sink. And Could you retrieve it for me? <laughs> It's so good. <laughs> so Corky goes over to her apartment, um, helps her yeah. out. This is constant flirting. Like they do not take a break. So this is the thing. They're both. So usually in these types of films, Corky would I because I thought straight going in, I thought okay, Corky is the confident mask lesbian. Violet is the timid femme lipstick lesbian that needs quote unquote saving. Not true. Not true at all. They are both confident and pretty much very outspoken about their sexuality. Violet literally pounces on Corky. She knows what she wants. Corky's like, hey, I'm just here for the ride, baby. Um, Yeah, Violet's in charge. And you're not sure about either of their motivations throughout the whole thing. Mm -hmm. But you love it anyway? Oh, yeah. Because they're so self-assured in themselves the whole time. That doesn't change. And that's what the Wachowski sisters do so well in establishing their female characters. Hmm. I love looking at this through a gender lens as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it's And The Matrix different. as well. Yeah. It's very interesting to consider their films through 
um not just the language the um not just through a lens of sexuality but also gender yeah this is actually one of the rare examples i would say of a film having super interesting female characters but where the men are also interesting mm-hmm. like caesar very interesting everyone's character. very multi-dimensional yeah. yeah but the women still take the forefront even if the men are also interesting because with a lot yeah. of films that are like maybe lesbian films the men i just write them off right away i don't care back to test tick yeah yeah like i just don't like for example in kissing jessica stein i bring this up because it's from the same kind of period I the the men in there I just literally could not care less like get them off my screen no. but in Bound I'm still invested in Caesar's story oh definitely right but I still like it's very clear that the women take the forefront yeah and they're in the center of everything and this is what's so great about this film is that women can be super interesting characters mm-hmm. be the main characters and the men can still be interesting as well yes so like, true do you know what I mean mm-hmm, totally that's rare and that makes it excellent better. writing yeah and that's they're just so freaking clever. I mean, I don't need to tell anyone that they're so freaking clever, but you can literally see it yeah. in their early work. This is that this is some of their earliest stuff. Yeah. And you can see it so clearly, like how much thought they've put into everything and making sure that everyone is multidimensional and expressive and you sympathize for them all. Yeah. Oh, it's fab. It's so, fab. Um <laughs> Violet lost her earring. <laughs> or did she? is coming over the constant flirting it's insane uh-huh. like the tension it's just everything that comes out of their mouths is just innuendo yeah yeah then do you want to do you want to talk through the captain scene i don't think i can actually physically do um, this i have a note that says in all caps sex warning <laughs> uh with exclamation points and i think that was just for me to ensure that i make sure that this podcast has a content warning or adult themes wow <laughs> the couch yeah the couch scene I don't even I can't I don't even know if I can begin to explain it yeah but Violet is the aggressor oh that's not the right word she takes the initiative she has yes she takes the initiative she has the upper hand she's in control she knows how to seduce she enjoys seducing. She's so seductive. She literally says, I'm trying to seduce you. And Corky's like, okay. Like, really flips the stereotype on its head. Yeah. Um, so direct. I love it. Because it works yeah. so well. Yeah. Like, it's so hot when mm-hmm. she says that. You're like, okay. The confidence. Honestly. Girl. And then, you know, it kind of gets a bit sensual. And then they're interrupted by Caesar. He comes home. And he goes... Oh my god, we're skipping over the details of the couch scene. Okay, you do it. <laughs> and then I'll talk about that. Because, yeah. I just, okay, I'll keep it PG, but let's talk through the couch scene. Talk to me. So, obviously, they're having the little talk. Um, <laughs> Corky is like, What are you doing? I'm trying to seduce you. Actually, before that. Okay, wait, wait, scrap, scrap. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Talking about tattoos, Violet points out a tattoo on Corky's arm, the, what is it called? The, I can't remember what it's called, but it's a symbol of the matriarchy. Yeah, that. So it's gay. Um, Corky's like, I'm surprised you know what that is. Violet, Violet says, I actually have a tattoo myself. Do you want to see it? It's on her boob. But she's like, first of all, I was crying because <laughs> she said it took them all day to do it. Um, <laughs> and it's the tiniest flower and she promised <laughs> it wouldn't hurt 
but it did. It was so sore. <laughs> now I love the way it feels. Cork is like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm <laughs> She's trying to like... seduce you. <laughs> and then... And Cork is like, oh, okay. Violet literally... You might have to cut this out. We'll see. Violet literally... And places it... <laughs> and then Caesar walks in. And then... Okay, so Caesar walks in. He's like, oh my god! Oh my god! Um, I can't do a Chicago accent very well. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but he comes in and is like, what is, what is this? What is this? Gets really, really angry and aggressive. And Violet's like, Caesar, what are you doing? So I don't know. <laughs> Keep doing that accent. I love it. <laughs> Caesar, no. No, I can't do it. No. I've lost it. <laughs> no, please. <laughs> I don't want to get Miranda Sings with it. All aboard! <laughs> the toxic <laughs> gossip train. How foul is that woman? Just a side note. Disgusting. Anyway, um, so Corky turns around and Caesar's like, oh, because he thought Corky was a guy, which is why he reacted so strongly. Second he realises Corky's a woman, he's like, oh, cool, here's some money. Yeah. Like, for retrieving the earring. Yeah, how long were you inside? Like, understands her struggle as an ex-con, like, is really nice, gives her money. Um, and I think that's really interesting because he doesn't see Corky as a threat. Joke's on him. <laughs> Joke's on him. Gully girl. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that's interesting as all of a sudden he's like, oh. Yeah. Thanks. Because yeah. obviously what happens when he walks in is that they're kind of getting dressed really fast mm-hmm. and he doesn't really see anything. Like, they're pretty no. much completely dressed and fine by the time. But obviously he sees the back of a quote-unquote man and he's like, and Violet on? getting up from the couch. Yeah. So he gets kind of the hint, right? But once he sees it's a woman, it's like, oh, yeah, no, nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, if he caught them in the act, obviously it would have been different. But there wasn't much to see. Yeah. But he just thought, you know, there's yeah, a man on my on my woman's couch. Yeah. Um, and then we kind of cut a little bit. I've got a quote written down is where they're talking. I think they're in Corky's truck, of course. Um, and they're, they're having a conversation and Corky says, I can't stand a woman apologizing for wanting sex. And I was like, yes, this, because this, this is so, mm, this is something film still struggles with is that it's okay to have a woman who wants to be desired who wants to desire and for a film like Bound to express that so explicitly is iconic I feel like I'm saying nothing new because all of the lesbians are screaming like yes we know Yeah, but, but it's so true it's so true and this idea even of women wanting and desiring sex and deserving pleasure and it was all rare that, at the time it's still a new idea now mm-hmm. even like I feel like when I was growing up that was still pretty much taboo and it's only in the last yeah. few years where that's become kind of like okay we're talking about this now. But this was in 1996. Oh, honestly. Explicitly iconic. said by a queer character yeah. on film. Like, that's crazy. It, this it, film is so ahead of its time. Like, I just, it's just unbelievable. It's so transgressive. Yeah. It's incredible. And to look at that through a queer lens as well is that to just see... I think I said it earlier, but Violet actually reciprocating both... It's two-sided. Yeah. Because in lesbian films, so often you have, like, the aggressor and the one that is quote-unquote turned or like right. has an awakening that's not happening here they both 
knew what they wanted and they both got it yeah um and the person that you would stereotypically like you say think that would go yeah, for it yeah is the one that got approached exactly like exactly it just subverts all your ideas of what a lesbian is supposed to look like and at this time like you said when cinema is not representing lesbians in any good light yeah this is so revolutionary oh i wish i'd seen it sooner i wish i'd seen it sooner because i think as sexuality aside i think as women we are really just thrown media and images to just be like no, you're not allowed to express your desires like in any context. Mm. No, it's not about what you want. You have to be accommodating. You have to do X, Y, Z. A film like this, if I'd seen that at like 18, 19, because it is an 18, just so everyone knows. Um, if Fair I'd enough. seen that at like 19, I would have, I think it would have really. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Helped. Yeah. There's no shame, and there's, you know, it. Yeah, it's important to see women on screen like that. Confident, self assured, sexual, but yeah. not sexualized. Amen. Oh. <laughs> well yeah, said. I wish I'd seen it sooner. I really See, do. This is I slept on Bound and you, I'm really sad about it. You've said this multiple times now in this episode, but you just assume that everyone has seen it, but we both saw it super late. Yeah, my girlfriend our, hadn't seen it either. Exactly. So I think we can assume that a lot of people haven't seen it. It's it's not a very known lesbian yeah. film in I, like Yeah, and we do have some straight listeners. Um shout out to you guys, OG allies. Um, but I'm assuming that some of you guys won't have seen it either Um, so yeah watch it yeah also if you like the Matrix you'll like Bound like if you want to see where the Matrix came from I think Bound is a really good stylistic example yeah same people Mm. 
If you like the Godfather, this is like the Godmother. True. <laughs> um, Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> but without the cannibalism. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, that little laugh you did. <laughs> I'm so red. I'm like sweating from the passion I'm feeling. Oh my lord. Really quickly back to the truck scene because I just forgot something. Go for it, honey. So you know that um, Corky tells Violet not to apologize for wanting sex. Yes. And Violet replies saying, I'm not apologizing for wanting sex. I'm apologizing for the way Caesar behaved. So she's <clears throat> just like... Violet subverts. Yeah, she's, she's right there with Corky. Mm. Like they both know what's up. But Violet just and as much... And even Corky assumes that Violet's going to be like, oh my God. I know. But Violet's like, I wanted it. That was a good accent. That was really realistic. <laughs> I wanted it. <laughs> well, we should maybe talk about the mafia or the mob or whatever the, the mob, hell they're called. Yeah. Um, so the Caesar. Cesare. Um, <laughs> that's what Gina calls him. Yeah. <laughs> Cesare. <laughs> Sorry. It's like this big Italian <laughs> mob guy. Sorry to our Italian <laughs> listeners. You know who you are. Um. <laughs> Anyway, um, <laughs> so it's Caesar, okay, yeah. so Caesar, Caesar is like your typical gangster. That was very New York. Oh yeah, I tried to go more Chicago, Chicago, <laughs> Chicago, Chicago. <laughs> so we've got we've got Caesar, and we've got Gino, who's like the big boss that Caesar the needs Godfather. to. He is the Godfather, who Caesar needs to give. The two million dollars too. How did he get the two million dollars? Unconfirmed. Okay. Or is it confirmed? And I <laughs> no, just went the, over my it's head. It's definitely unconfirmed. But there was a scene where yes. basically this guy's head got blown off by one of Caesar's associates named Johnny, who is the son of, of Gino. Gino. Mm-hmm. And Caesar hates Johnny with a passion. Oh, he's like an awful little psychopath running around with guns. Also, he's, obsess- he's obsessed with Violet, but like in a creepy way. With violence and with violence. Yes! Just, thank you. <laughs> I'm so honoured. So we've got Gino and his son Johnny, who's an asshole. And then we've got Caesar, who has to give the money to G- Gino and Johnny. And yeah, then we so- also have... Basically, just quickly for the context, before yes. we get lost, because I need this for myself. Okay. They were in Caesar's apartment when they got the money of one of the other associates. I think he was basically hiding the money for himself. Two million dollars that flew everywhere full of blood. Yes. Caesar, because it was his apartment, was in charge of this money. He washed it. He ironed every bill, counted it, put it in a briefcase. Yeah, that was weird, that bit. Obsessive. Here's where you get a sense of his character. He's a bit crazy, but obsessive. But he's also scared of, like, being shot, And terrified, basically. yes. Yeah, they're um, all... Their motivations, which, again, is a really interesting take on masculinity. Their motivation is money and power, but also fear. And yeah. you can see Caesar's anxieties proliferate throughout the film, which is interesting, because you never really see men like that. And it's so good. Even yeah. even with Violet, because everyone is obsessed with Violet. Gina's obsessed with Violet. Yes. The other guy... But then there's also... His name. Well, I was going to talk about Mickey. Mick. Yeah. Mick is another character that I thought was really interesting because he's also obsessed with Violet, but it's not in the same way as the other men. It's not in a sexual way. He feels yeah. somewhat... It works to Violet's advantage because he feels protective of her and, like when they're killing this man 
Caesar's like, oh no, baby, I want you to stay here. And then Mick's like, no, Violet, go and take a walk. Like, you don't need to be seeing this. this I'll take care of Caesar. Yeah, this isn't your business. So, like, right off the bat, like, he kind of establishes himself as a father figure to Violet, which... A bit incestuous, sure, but yeah. Yeah, but it worked. Like, he doesn't have the same, like, sexual longing for her that yeah. the other guys do. It's a lot deeper than it's that. It's a lot deeper. He feels responsibility, almost. Yeah. Which, I mean, Violet's like, I can use this, which is yeah. great. Um, so... Yeah, basically, so this money is in Caesar's apartment. The day after the whole... Is it day? Or is it weeks? Sometime after the promise for Gino to come with a few associates um, with his son, Johnny, for example, Mm -hmm. to come pick up this money, right? So basically, this is the thing. There's Mm -hmm. this large amount of money in Caesar's apartment. God, this film really keeps you guessing, doesn't it? It's an excellent mob film, like, aside from the lesbians. Because I'm never clear on who's, what, like, what motivation people have. I don't know anyone's motivation. I don't know what's going to happen, especially Corky and Violet, because I still, until the last moment, was like, these two are going to screw each other over. One of them's going to screw the other over. It's going to be bad. And there are hit, like, there are moments throughout the film where you're like, oh my God, she's going to leave her. Um, I had blind faith in these lesbians, I'm not going to lie. Well, I think they're... I'm just used to being disappointed. Well, I'm just used to, like, you know, I assume it was a film from a certain time and I made an assumption that, you know, one of the characters was going to die, get rested. Yep get turned by a man you know that's how it goes so i was really pleasantly surprised when actually no they're on an equal playing field the entire time they're helping each other that doesn't change and it was really nice yeah are there any films that take lead from bound it's a good question i don't think there's been another one like bound that i that springs to mind especially in the 2000s like the 2000 regressed Oh, it was horrible. Horrible we time ba- for lesbians in cinema. Yeah. Bound offered like a glimmer of hope, but I'm a cheerleader. Oh my God. And then apart from Imagine Me and You, and then a couple of other really niche ones, like I Can't Think Straight. Yeah. It's just kind of like, what? What's happening? Yeah. Just a complete change in culture. Mm. Um, just for women in general, not just for lesbians. Yeah. Um, but it affected how the lesbian was portrayed, which is like... We've already said this so many times at this point, but this is just excellent representation. Even now, so few films that actually yeah. get to this level. I want to know where... If anyone has any examples of films that you know were inspired by Bound in the mainstream, because mm-hmm. there are a lot of really incredible indie films that do well to represent lesbians and queer women. But if you have anything in the mainstream that does what Bound does let us know we will review it because i want to see it this is why they should have made charlie's angels gay i mean you're preaching to the choir girl (laughs) they had their chance and they blew it they can make a third one listen up guys charlie's angels (laughs) so where are we at this point good question when do, do corky and violet Okay, there are a few things that happen before the plan gets made, right? Yeah. So, there's a fight. There's there's a few sex scenes between Corky and Violet, which, by the way, also, it's... <laughs> caught it's me so, as I was drinking. <laughs> well, it caught me off guard when Violet took charge. 
um, that, you know, you wouldn't think that. You would think Corky's that. Again, subverting my expectations. Violet's not the helpless woman. Very pleasantly surprised. Me too. Like. Nice. (laughs) Very nice. That was. I will say. In a 90s film? Yeah. I mean, it's very Desert Hearts. Oh. Also. But a Desert Hearts who takes charge. Also, Thelma and Louise, but. Well, that's gay anyway. Mm-hmm. We just don't see There's it. another film where Susan Sarandon plays a lesbian and gets naked at some point. I can't remember the name of it. I must have seen it. There's just no way I haven't. <laughs> There's just no way. I am basically in love with Susan Sarandon. I lo- she's such an ally. And she's so beautiful. Yeah. And she is an ally. She's great. She's such a lefty communist. I love oh, her. Big love for Susan Sarandon. Maybe we'll review one of her queer films at some point. Yeah, we should do a Susan Sarandon special. Also talk about Thelma and Louise. A Susan Sarandon special. <laughs> yes. Okay. We are doing that. Yeah, my pleasure. I'll put it on the schedule. Good. <laughs> schedule Susan Sarandon special. Okay, so... um. We have a few sex scenes. I will... There's one thing I need to note is that I had faith in their connection from the start. Like, that feels... This is why I trusted it so much, I think, is because I could feel their trust for each other and yeah. their... Right like, off the bat bond, as well. Right off the bat. I could feel it. Mm-hmm. So this is why I had faith in them yeah. to the end. Um, so, yeah. There's one scene where Corky, because the walls are thin, hears Caesar and Violet getting it on. One, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, getting it out. One, Corky obviously upset. <laughs> oh my god! I'm back. <laughs> I just fell. And then they have. This is funny. They have sex, and after they have sex, Corky it brings up why she's upset. Violet is saying, "I dreamt of like feeling you." It was really quite. And Corky is super unresponsive, and then Violet is kind of like, "Okay, what's wrong?" Corky is. I heard you have sex with a man. So what are you? You're are you just pretending whatever like stuff like yeah. that? And and Violet, she's not even necessarily defensive. She's she's so she's she's just so great. She's just like that is work. I I do yeah. what I have to do to stay safe. That is work. I am a bleep word. Yeah. Lesbian. Um and that's it. They part ways. Viola is upset at Corky's reaction, but she just decides to leave it alone for now. So they do have this little yeah. quarrel between them about Viola obviously having a, a man that's in her like life. That's the only point of contention. Yeah. Because Corky just thinks, oh, she's just going to use me and go and go back to her man. Yeah. Which would happen in a film like this. But Violet's yeah. like, hell no. Hell no. I love women. So they get back together after... Not get back together, but they meet up again after that. And then... The money. Let's talk about the money. Let's talk talk about the money. It's very interesting because they hatch a plan to get the money and run off with it and screw Caesar over. Yep. But what is interesting is how they start to psychoanalyse how they think the men will react. They think they've got these men all figured out. They think they're single-dimensional, like, here's what's going to happen. We're going to do this, and then we're going to do that. I can't even remember what the plan was. Um, I think the plan was, so for... Okay. This was the plan. Okay. (laughs) This is their plan. This is their plan. Um, Or do you want to finish your sentence first? No, I was basically just going to say, like, 
they think they've got these men all figured out yeah they think they've got them down but you can't predict human behavior and that's what this film does so well is it subverts all expectation even of the characters yeah um so the original plan is pretty straightforward and it seems waterproof like i thought oh this is great like nothing can go wrong Caesar is going to be taking a shower the morning that the mob boss is going to come collect the money, right? The boss likes one type of liquor, this specific type of whiskey. whiskey. Violet's going to drop that bottle while Caesar's in the shower. She's going to say to Caesar, I'm so sorry. I'm going to run out. I'm going to go buy a new one. Super quick. I'll be right back. While she opens the door, Corky's going to slip in. She's going to take the money. Obviously, Violet has the key because Caesar's in the shower and Caesar trusts Violet because he thinks she has no agency whatsoever, obviously, because she's a helpless woman. A heterosexual. Yeah. He doesn't know about Corky yet. Of course. Corky's going to take the money. She's going to hide it in her apartment. Then Caesar is going to check the suitcase. Oh, wait. Oh, Violet's going to pretend like she saw Johnny arriving while Caesar was in the shower. Yeah. Then... Caesar's gonna freak out. He's gonna check the briefcase. The money's gonna be gone. He's gonna blame it on Johnny, but he's gonna know that they're gonna blame it on him. So he's gonna run away. So, up until this point, all of that works. He fully believes that Johnny slipped in whilst Violet was out, took the money, and ran. Yeah. Meanwhile, the money is next door with Corky, and she's put it in bags in paint cans. Yeah. Um. So no one would suspect a thing. However. Caesar doesn't do what they predict him to do. He doesn't run. Yeah. Instead. Instead, we get the next half hour of the film, which, I mean, I where mean, do we start? Caesar is bat crazy. It's like something awakens in him. They just assume that he's going to be like, oh, shit, I need to just run. Like, I'm going to die. But then he's like, no, no. Johnny screwed me over and he's going to freaking pay. And then they're like, the hell? We didn't, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't plan for this. No, and then and then Corky even communicates to Violet while she can steal a moment away to be on the phone. Mm. Communicates to Violet, just tell him you're going to leave him because this is too much for you. Yeah. And then Violet tries that, but Caesar just won't let her. Like, he turns into a mm. feral animal. She's trapped. She's fully trapped in there. Yeah. And it's no, it's, it's like not, it's no fault of her own. Like, she literally is like, you're scared, like, I need to go. I don't want any part of this. Yeah. And Caesar's like, no. No. Staying right here. Caesar's ready to shoot her. And then, as planned, Gino, Johnny turn up for the money. They have a little chat. What is predicted, Mickey's like, yeah, they'll have a five minute chat, grab the case and go. But then Caesar screws himself and he's like, why don't we have a look in the case? Because he fully believes that Johnny took it because he hates him that much. And then chaos ensues, and basically, what happens is, Caesar ends up killing Gino and Johnny, and their bodyguard. Literally the boss of the mob. The head of the mob. The godfather. Shoots him dead, and then shoots his son. Neither of them did what he said. But, yeah. What? Yeah, like... Caesar goes crazy like they literally go to Johnny's apartment even before Gina arrives Mm -hmm. go to Johnny's apartment like take it apart and you can see Caesar losing his mind he's literally like I'm Johnny I'm Johnny I hate Caesar where did I hide the money like yeah it's literally literally like clockwork orange isn't it yes he's going crazy 
Um, just slowly unravels. And then he calls Mickey. He has this whole plan of calling Mickey and saying that Gino never showed up. He yeah. must have been in a car accident. Whatever, whatever. Um, then Mickey comes in all in a big panic, you know? Yeah. Like, it's just so much is going on. And we're just sitting here like, okay, the plan that Corky and Violet made is not working out. But now it's so unpredictable. Like, yeah. anything could happen. Because Anyone Caesar is bad crazy. Yeah, any anyone could win or lose. Anyone could die at any minute. Yeah. Because then, that's what happens, is Caesar finds out about Violet and Corky because he sees them on the phone. Yeah. That bit's chilling when he does redial. And I don't know... I was literally screaming at the screen, like, unplug the phone! Me too! Unplug the phone! Because so he can hear it through the freaking wall. There's a really cool shot where we see... So Violet's on the phone. We see the camera pan over the wall. Yes. So Corky on the, in the other and apartment. Whole, and their hands are both on the wall. Yeah, so they're basically on the other side of the wall. The same mm-hmm. wall. And then Corky obviously gets caught being on the phone. Not Corky. Violet gets caught being on the phone. And Caesar's, like you say, mm-hmm. he redials. Yeah. And then when... Corky, who picks up, realizes that Caesar, she hangs up, yeah. but Caesar keeps redialing, and the phone is ringing on the other side of the thin wall. We've already discussed the walls are thin. Yeah. Caesar keeps redialing, and you can just hear this phone ring, <clears throat> and I don't know why Corky, because she does eventually, doesn't just unplug the phone straight away. Literally, I was, I was screaming. Yeah. Screaming. This is this is crazy. And then I will say this is I know you hate this word, but this line is my I fucking love it. When um you can get this out. This is what I'm already cussing. Okay. When um Corky and Violet are tied up and then Corky wakes up or like Violet wakes up and Caesar's like his head is right there in the yeah. camera and he's like wake up you d-. Oh my god. Yeah. That yeah, that yeah. It's so violent, but it's just so funny. Yeah, I forgot that that word was. Yeah. But they, they use it themselves. Of, yeah. To... When they use it themselves, it doesn't. it's fine. Exactly. But then the one time Caesar uses it, you're like, hang on. No, no, no. No, no, no. That's not for you. Mm-mm. Well, Take he's using it in an aggressive way, so. Yeah, exactly. But when they use it to describe themselves, whatever. Mm. It's, it's all good. Reclaim that word, baby. Um, so. But he also yeah. says, your kind can't be trusted. Yeah. And I was like, what does that mean? And, and what does that mean? He thinks what people think yep. that Corky is, or like turned to Violet, that Corky did something to yeah. Violet to turn her like this. Yeah. He literally says, what did she do to you? And she says, everything you couldn't. <laughs> this is the was, best line in the film. That was next on my list. Oh. I was like, yes. Everything you couldn't do, Caesar. Oh my god. It's lesbianism. It's she's so confident when she says it. I love it. Power oh. moment. Power moment. It's one of those moments on screen where you're like, I am so glad I'm a lesbian. Right. Because it's moments like that where you're just like, solidarity, sister. Oh yeah. <laughs> Everything you couldn't, little mobster f- <laughs> <laughs> It's excellent. I love it. It's it it, it literally yeah. It completely shifts the power from Caesar, who's holding the gun, yeah. by the way. And these ladies are tied up. Yeah. Which is interesting Violet. as well, because, yeah, because um, in film, it's kind of, historically, this moment would be when he starts kind of tying them up and, like, threatening to chop their fingers off and stuff. Yeah. First of all, hands. Second of all, this is why it's so jarring when he has that thing yeah, in his Yeah, you're like, hands. no! <laughs> Not <laughs> that <garden>. one! <laughs> 
the garden shears are like around her thumb or her pinky. I don't know. Yeah. And it was so know. visceral. I was like, oh my god, if this is happening right now, I'm gonna throw up. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't. But happen. then, it's kind of historically in film. It, it's like you know, lesbians deserve violence. This is the con the consequences to their lesbianism. Yeah. But I don't feel that in this film. I don't feel like that's what. It, that's not the tone. No. They're not trying to say that queer women deserve violence. They're trying to say this guy is a psycho and he's not letting them just run off together. This is it. Like because he's already been established as a psycho. Genius and- filmmaking. Genius. Yes. He's already been established, but also mm. Violet just took the power back by saying everything you couldn't do. Yeah. So we everything are with them. Can. We're not with him. Yeah. So his violence, we hate him for it. We don't like his violence. No. Uncalled for and unnecessary. Mm-mm. Yeah. How did they escape the situation? Do, does he get a phone call? Does someone show up? Oh, my God. I completely got the story wrong earlier. Because this is when he calls Miki to say that Gino's not showed up yet oh, from you the just, airport. Oh, you just jumped the gun a bit earlier. It's fine. Yeah, but Gino's just sitting in the bathtub dead right now. Yeah. Yeah, this is what happened. So he called... So Caesar, to cover his tracks, because he just killed the mop boss, calls oh Miki and says, Gino still hasn't shown up. Maybe he got popped on his way from the airport. Yeah. With the rival, I don't know, yeah, mob. Yeah. Oh, Violet initially tries to help Caesar because she doesn't want him to die. Yeah. So she calls from the other room and pretends that Gino and Johnny have been in a car accident and that's when Mickey goes. So Violet tells calls Caesar from the bathroom pretending to be Gino. Yes, yeah. yeah pretending that's, that's, that yeah, they're in a hospital said, yeah, yeah. because they were in a car crash. Yes, so then Mickey and Bodyguard go. Yeah. And then... The ruse fools Mickey, who leaves for the hospital. Corky then tells Caesar that she has hidden the money in the next door apartment and he goes to retrieve it. Violet escapes and then calls Mickey, telling him that Caesar stole the money and forced her to keep quiet. So that's what happens. So there's a chase between Violet and Caesar, during which time Violet's grabbed the phone and called Mickey saying, he made me do it, he made me do it, you need to come back. Like, yeah. it was all a ruse, it's a, it's a lie. So he then, we know he's on his way back. And then, yeah, because that's the thing, because you think Corky would be the one that saves the day, but Corky's just, like, on the ground. And I thought, oh... Corky keeps getting knocked out. Yeah, like, honestly... she probably got, like, five concussions in she, one day. Honestly, she gets knocked out, like, for half the film. So Violet holds Caesar at gunpoint... He's like, you're not going to do it. You, you're not going to do it. Again, I thought, oh, the gun's on the floor. Maybe Corky's like, during this time, swivel around and get it. And then Violet's like, no, Mickey's coming. You're done. You should run while you can. And then Caesar's like, no, I'm not doing that. You're not going to kill me. You're not going to kill me. And Violet goes, Caesar, you don't know sh-. Shoots him dead. He falls in the oh, paint blood. on the ground. The red, the white, the black, the, all, all mixed mixing. together. She's and that's a it. Badass. Caesar, you're full of. <laughs> Honestly, iconic. Oh, um, so and then good. Mickey, cut forward. Mickey believes Violet's story, which again, which is what we said. That would Mickey liking Violet would come to her advantage because he doesn't question a thing. Yeah, and he thinks Caesar has just run off. Doesn't realize that Caesar is dead. Yeah, Mickey's like, come with me, come with me. And then Violet's like, no, I need a clean break. Um, And then he's just like, okay, drives off. And then they are in a brand new truck, shiny, red and new, with, we assume they've got the money because obviously there's a new truck and they look fly as hell. And then they drive off kissing. Ah. And that's it. That's how it 
freaking ends. Can you believe that we get the blessing of an ending like this? They drive off into the sunset. I'm sorry. What? This was under our noses the entire freaking time. Lesbians with a happy ending. Like, the whole time? The whole time. That man Louise even had to die. And these two Literally. L- actual canonically lesbians. I'm so proud of them. Uh, I'm so happy that they get that. I'm so happy that lesbians at the time got that. I'm so happy that we get to look back on that and yes. be like, that was a turning point. And Blessed. It's, it's so hot how yeah. <laughs> Vi- Violet's incredibly intelligent, right? But she mm. knows what her female power does. Yeah. And she just uses it to her smartest advantage to outsmart all these mob men. She's yeah. the innocent little, but she's the most powerful woman in this. Yeah. Like, she even has she power can, of a quirky. Yeah. yeah. Like, she is the most oh, powerful yeah. woman and she just hides it because she knows what she can get with it. And how smart. That is women. That is hot. Women run the world. Oh, yeah. It's just hot. Because yeah. you, you see, Caesar goes in, just goes crazy when stuff goes wrong. Yeah. And Violet stays calculated cool and calculated. And she gets it done. And that's how we win. And she saves her woman, Corky. Yes. And Corky saves Violet's fingers. I will say, Blessings. Corky literally gives up the location of the money to save Violet from getting her finger cut off. This is how. This is how Caesar is literally about to cut her finger off, and Corky's like, "No, I'll tell you where the money is." And she tells the actual truth. Yeah, it's in the paint buckets. She literally saves Violet's fingers because look, they're women. What's more important, money, collaboration, or love? Love. <laughs> Honestly, oh, so, so good. I really, really, really love this film. It has such a beautiful legacy, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, I just... It's crazy that this was released in the way that it was, that it was being... That it was able to be created. I feel like in the 90s, there was this little pocket of liberation for lesbian narratives. And then it kind of went back underground and indie for a bit. Yeah. And I'm like... I love that there was that emergence and I wish kind of more had followed suit. Yeah. Because then perhaps... I, it's just such an important film in queer history. Like, it's in all of the major queer documentaries. Well, I think it's really interesting to look at the context of the films that came out at this time, right? Like, mm-hmm. Bound is a mob film. Yeah. But I'm a cheerleader. is about gay conversion therapy. Then, yeah. like, the films that come out in the early 2000s are about lesbians discovering themselves, right? You have these contexts that don't seem threatening. Yeah. Like, you literally have gay conversion, and you have mob. But what the filmmakers do with these films is they make them so good. Yeah. But you can you can kind of imagine the way that they're sold makes it kind of easy for them to be created. Yeah, it doesn't look like how it is. No, it completely subverts your whole idea of what it could be. It's playing with a whole genre and making something new, which is what filmmaking makes filmmaking beautiful. That's it. And then a bit later on, we get romance movies that are lesbian films, like Imagine Me and You. But this wasn't necessarily possible a bit earlier on. So we get films like this that are incredibly well made, but the context they are sold under makes them easier to sell yeah yeah like you could think about it like this like this is literally a mob film it just happens to have lesbians and yes they are a major part of the plot they are the whole part of the plot 
but you don't necessarily have to look at it like that. So no, that was makes yeah. that, that that's what makes it easy. And that's again like we talked about Brokeback Mountain last month. It's it's kind of it's kind of a way of queer filmmakers and queer characters entering the mainstream in a clever way. Yeah. To attract an audience. Right. It's just so smart. So smart. And that's always what queer cinema has had to do. Yeah. To stay yeah, mostly in the periphery, but it's still there. Yeah. It's always there. And this is an example of a film that really transcends those barriers. Yes. Transcends and God, this this is made for gay like lesbians. Yeah. Like it this is, made this is made for, for you and I and all yeah. the all the queers out there. Like this is literally made for us. There's yeah. not a second where I'm like, uh, this feels a bit like male perspective or like palatable for a straight Which, audience. I mean And it's it, not distasteful. It's so yeah. tasteful, but it's it's really through a queer lens. I feel like the Wachowski sisters, they have such a unique and wonderful way of writing female characters. And characters in general, but we notice women more because we are women. Yeah. And we because are gay it's women. Rarer. Yeah, and you're right. I look at that film and I'm like, yeah, that was made for me. And I really feel that. And it's mm. so rare. It's amazing. Oh, blessed. <laughs> blessed to talk about this with you today. Yeah, it's very blessed. This is such a good film. Yeah. Couldn't recommend it more. Please watch it. It's not even that long. And this is no. the type of film that I could watch every day easily. Oh, it just takes you back a pocket in time it's so nostalgic like some of you listening will be will remember more of the 90s than we do and it really feels like that also if you like leather watch this film (laughs) if you like women in leather jackets watch this film if you like women in lipstick in a lift watch this film that the two scenes that i keep going back to when i like yesterday even and the first time I watched this film is the lift scene and the do I make you nervous quirky do I make you nervous quirky I mean that is well established in gay actually anyway yeah you're welcome <laughs> it's the, it, it's the beginning it's the first quote iconic I love that that's so good yeah happy days I love this look how happy we are this is good I have a huge smile on my face yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> It's oh. hot, it's sexy, and it's just good representation. We love, love that. Man. I didn't know this film was 18 plus. Is yeah. it for the violence or for the sexual content? Both, probably. Oh. I mean, I didn't watch it before 18. I don't know. No. I'm, I'm sure it would have been fine. I mean, we <laughs> I watched worth, worth I was going to say, we watched the L word. I think we could handle it. <laughs> yeah, that's way more graphic for sure. Oh, hell yeah. Um, Scarred for life. Anyway, yeah. Well, <laughs> thank you so much, everyone, for listening to this episode of Gay Actually as part of the UK Film Review Podcast. There are other series on this podcast as well. You have the UK Film Club with Chris and Brian. I recently got a shout out on one of their episodes for what snack I like to take into a cinema. You're going to have to listen to the episodes to find out what the hell that means. Wait, tell me on the side. Wow. Um, yeah. very peculiar. I just told Joyce, I'm not going to tell you. You're going to have to listen back to the previous episodes and find out. Totally worth it, because I was shocked. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag what? Um, Um, 
So we also have the Phantom Zone, lovely people over there talking about all things sci-fi and nerdy. There's also the Scream Test. <laughs> Horror. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, we also have our own channel as I said before we are gay actually on Spotify um, you can search us we when you're listening to this we've just done an episode on the new series of Heartstopper so feel free to have a listen uh, and tell us what you think we are on Instagram at gay actually podcast yes that's right I changed the handle it is at gay actually podcast no space no caps and if you have any requests or collabs you can dm us or you can email us at gay actually uk at gmail.com you're so professional at this i love listening to you doing our outros <sighs> that's very nice of you yeah. everyone's gonna think that's scripted you just compliment me every time <laughs> it's not scripted <laughs> we do we look professional enough to have a script? <laughs> if you guys could Girl, see us right now. I don't even have notes for this episode. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to our conversation at Bat Bound. Joyce, thank you for talking to me about it. Thank you for having me, as always. Thank Amber. you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Aww. It was really fun rewatching it. It was a really random moment. You've been wanting to do it for a while. I'm, I'm really glad, glad we, we did. did. Stop it. Stop it. That- <laughs> All right. We're going to sign off. (laughs) Take care, everyone. Stay safe. Have a lovely summer. Bye. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.